0: welcome you are listening to bible teaching from island community church in downtown memphis tennessee we hope today's message helps you grow in relationship with jesus you can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. thank you for listening
1: Well, I'm Barrett Bowden, a lead pastor here at Island Community Church, and uh, these Sundays at the end of October here, last Sunday and this Sunday, we are taking time to give some emphasis, some focus uh, in our hearts, but also in our church church life to what we call local ministry. The call of God on us as his people, his church, uh, to care for the community in which he has planted us in. to to grow in our understanding uh, of this city of Memphis, and our understanding of God's heart for this city, and our understanding of God's desire for us as his people in this place, as Jeremiah 29 describes, uh, he wants us to seek the welfare of this place, this place that he has planted us, and to pray for the peace of this city, and to work for the good of this city, for in its welfare we find our welfare. And so we have taken time every October for years uh, to just bring emphasis on God's heart for the place where he's planted us, and specifically emphasis on our heart uh, as a church family and our work as a church family here in this city of Memphis. This morning um, is going to be part two and the final part of our conversation of local ministry emphasis. Um, We began it last week, and if you missed, I would encourage you to go back and listen online. But what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to share for uh, the next few minutes a bit from the Word to kind of give some framework, some gospel framework for what we're going to be talking about today. And then behind me will come Robbie Crafton, uh, one of the other pastors of our church, Katasha Ross, our local ministry coordinator. Um, and who will be describing some of the, the brand new strategy uh, for local ministry for this upcoming season uh, for the life of our church. That includes part of what you've been handed this morning as you came in. We'll be going through that together. And then the chairs are here on the stage because after Robbie and Katasha share, you're going to have opportunity this morning to hear from some members of our church who are engaged in local ministry. And a couple of different ways that we want you to be engaged in local ministry, for you to grow. And I'm telling you this morning, all of us have need to continue to grow in God's heart for this city and also to grow in our practical living uh, to be his ambassadors. As we talked about last week from 2 Corinthians 5, we are ambassadors of Christ Uh, We implore people to be reconciled because of the reconciliation that we know in Christ and what He's able to do. Because of what we have experienced in Him, we should want to live as ambassadors of that reconciliation in other people's lives. And this morning, all of us need to grow. None of us have the, the the fullness of the heart that God wants us to have. His heart for this city, and none of us have lives that are perfectly aligned with the intentionality of being his ambassadors. And so this morning, I just pray you'd be open through the word that I'm gonna share, through the the strategy that we're going to to lead you into understanding, and through the testimonies that will be shared, just to be open for the Holy Spirit to touch you in a way that would allow you to be open to to grow more in him. So I'm gonna pray toward that end now, and then we'll get started. Father, thank you for your love and grace toward us. And I pray now as we focus on your heart and your call on our lives, that we would truly hear from you, that we would be open to you and we'd be changed by you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your love for this city. May we grow in understanding of your love. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, a few months ago, I um, has anybody ever walked by a store and the smell just gotcha? You know what I'm saying? Cinnabon, anybody? Anybody, show of hands. Who gets... Tempted when you walk by Cinnabon. Seriously, show of hands. Okay, out of those who are tempted, who actually is the sucker that buys that stuff for $8 of cinnamon roll or whatever it is? All right? Anybody, uh, Bath and Body Works? All right? Every lady? Some of us guys too. Show of hands? No, I want to see the hands. Anybody tempted or a good candle store? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few months ago, I was. Uh, Walking down a street, I was overseas and on the way back home, and I was walking uh, by a series of stores, and all of a sudden I caught the most heavenly fragrance. I think whatever it smelled like, this will be the smell of the new heavens and the new earth. It was emanating out of this store, and I was like, "Ah!" and it it had that moment, like the Cinnabon moment, the Bath of Body moment, whatever it is, but it was a fragrance store, okay? And it was like unbelievably enticing to me. Whatever the smell was, it just worked for me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We all have different things that just work for us. And I was like, I did the, the whole like 180 thing, like, wait a second, and I just, my body started moving, right? And I find myself in the store, and suddenly I realize this is like a high-end European fragrance boutique. Okay. And it's filled with colognes that I had never smelled in my life. And they were some of the most gloriously smelling colognes I've ever smelled. Okay. I'm a sucker for a good cologne. And I was like, are you kidding me? I've never seen this brand. I've never smelled anything so good. I mean, this is like the glory land stuff. Okay. And then I look at the price and I'm like, It's like $400 for a bottle of cologne. And I am sitting, I'm just like, dang it. (laughs) You know, like, why does that have to smell so good? Why is all the good stuff so expensive? I mean, let's be honest, guys. Not going to happen. Can't buy it. If I did, there'd be trouble at home. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't work with our budget. We don't do that kind of thing. So um, immediately I'm just like, oh, because... Something so desperately that I wanted was out of reach, and I, I couldn't afford it. I got back home, and I actually, I, it was, I think it was that day. It may have been next week, but I, I told Michelle. I was like, I smelled the, I mean, it was just one of those experiences. I had to share it with somebody else. I smelled the best cologne, and I went to the store, blah, 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 blah. And I was just, can you believe how great it was? And I couldn't even buy it. Well, lo and behold, last Christmas came, under the tree, from Michelle's parents was a little box. I've got the best in-laws. I must say it now. This is on recording. Y'all know where this is going. I opened the box and lo and behold, it is that bottle of cologne. They had had it imported or shipped over from Europe. Michelle and her grace had told her parents about it. And they're the kind of people that love to do extravagant things just to show you that they love you. Y'all, I opened that package so quick. I put a dab of that thing in, and it's the kind of cologne, y'all, that like you put a little bit, and it's like the whole room smells like it. Like, Michelle can't hardly be in the room when I put this cologne on, because she's like, so anyway, it is like, and I'm strutting my stuff. It's Christmas morning, I'm in my PJs, and I'm like, are you kidding me? It's this cologne that I could never get for myself, they gave me, and now look who smells good. I smell like that European store. And I'm like, all right. Second Corinthians chapter two. (laughs) Verse 14. Look at it in your Bible. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Let me read it again. But thanks be to God. Who in Christ leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere I got to tell you The aroma of Jesus is better than the aroma of Cinnabon Better than the aroma of bath and body better than the aroma of any high-end European fragrance when you really See Jesus and understand who he is You want him because you know deep down This is it. He is life And when we get to Jesus, we realize, oh my goodness, there's something I need here from him that I could not buy myself, I could not do. The fragrance that he offers, we come to great awareness because of our sin and our rebellion against him and our brokenness, there is nothing we can do to actually obtain who he is and what he offers. But thanks to God that by his great grace he gives what we could never obtain God loves us so much like my in-laws love me and gave me that cologne that he gives Christ to all who turn from sin and turn toward him and by faith just receive just open the gift and, and, and are willing to believe and to receive that truly he is a good giver and he gives grace in Jesus Christ because of what Christ has done for you in his life and in his death and in his raising from the dead, there is an opportunity for you to have all of him and for you to actually receive his fragrance upon yourself. And guess what? On Christmas morning, for those of us who are in Christ, when we receive that gift, guess what? He dabbles his cologne on us, so to speak. And all of a sudden, we go, wait, what? For me? And because of Christ and his gift to us, we become united with him by faith, and we begin to smell like him. (laughs) But thanks be to God who leads us in triumphal procession. And we now have the opportunity to fill the room, so to speak, with the aroma of Jesus, Wherever we go, just like 2 Corinthians 5, we become ambassadors of him. Y'all, if y'all were near me, when I wear this cologne, y'all be like, okay. But what happens is the Bible describes that one of the things that God has done in our life, not only has he given us the ability to receive him, but he has made us fragrant for him. He has put his fragrance upon us such that when we are out and about, Y'all know what I'm talking about when you're wearing that kind of thing, or you've got that candle burning in your house. People will go, Where'd you get that? When we're out and about, what happens is we become a fragrance that smells of Him, the aroma of Christ, such that people smell and they go, Wait, what? How can I? be a part of that? How? Where can I get that? And that allows us to point to the good giver of such a gift, the gift of grace of God in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Amen? Now, how does this happen? Two main ways it happens. We become his aroma with our life and with our lips. If you can remember this, then you can kind of get what local ministry is all about. And Robbie and Katasha are about to come and explain it more. But we are the aroma of Christ. If you are in Christ, his fragrance is on you. And how do you spread that fragrance? You spread it in the way that you live your life, and you spread it in the way that you use your lips. Briefly, let me help you understand the way you live your life. I'm talking about Matthew chapter 5. If you've got your Bible, you can look at it. Verse 13, where Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all who are in the house in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven He's saying don't you know you are the you are my fragrance in a dark world you're a light and how is it that your light can shine? He's saying, let your light shine. Don't keep this to yourself. Realize that what I have done, yes, is for you, but it's also so that through you, others might see me. Let your light shine. And how do you let your light shine? So that they may see what? What does it say? What does he say? Your good work. In other words, through the way that you live your life, to the way that you, you work and the way that you play and the way that you live, Recognize that as you live your life, you are a, a fragrance that points people to Christ. You are bearing witness to Him. Your distinctiveness and the reality of Christ making you new, doing a new thing in your life, your heart and life being set toward Him is distinctive in a world that needs to know who He is. So live bright. <laughs> And recognize that the way that you live your life is a fragrance that points people to Him. Secondly, with your lips. What am I talking about there? I'm talking about Romans 1. We've just been studying Romans here in our church in the season, and we'll continue to study it next week. But if you go to your Bible, some of y'all don't even have to go to your Bible because you've memorized the verse I'm about to read. Verse 16. For I... Yes, our life bears witness to the aroma of Christ, but friends, we also, all of us, if we understand that we are ambassadors, understand that we are His fragrance, and understand that people are not saved by looking at our good work, but they're saved as we connect them with Jesus Christ, the Savior. What people need is not to know that Christians are good people. (laughs) We're not saved by being good people. We're saved because we believe upon Christ. We're saved because we have a great savior, not because we're good people, but because we have a savior. And other people can also believe with us. So yes, our life bears witness, but at some point we as Christians are called to realize that we must use words. That in those moments of spirit given opportunity, we must and we should not shrink back, but be unashamed. I am not ashamed, Paul says. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus bearing witness to him because I know that it's through him that God brings the power to save for all who believe. That's what verse 16 says. And if we feel burdened for our city, not only will we live bright with our life, shining his light in good work, but we will also live intentionally looking for opportunities through our relationships to just talk to people. I'm not talking about weird evangelism. I'm not talking about track bombing people at your door on Halloween as if that's the only way to share the gospel. I'm going to sneak a gospel track into their goodie bag. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying any kind of evangelism is, is spreading good news is spreading good news. But what I'm saying is a lot of times we think about evangelism as this weird other thing that I don't want to be a part of. I'm talking about In natural ways loving people and caring for people enough to not want to see them live apart from God now or forever loving people enough to actually go there in conversations in real relationships of trust and kindness and love and grace but to go there not only with your life but also with your lips and talk to people about Jesus because at the end of the day People are not going to be saved by knowing that we're good people. They are going to be saved when they too trust a great Savior. Amen? You are the fragrance of Christ. You are smelling (laughs) of that one who has the best smell ever. He has now put his fragrance upon you, and you are spreading the aroma of Christ Here in Memphis, how you live, work, and play, you are spreading the aroma of Christ in two ways. How? With my life and with my lips. I am to bear witness to the one who loves me and loves all, the one who is the saving aroma of God's grace, amen? Robbie and Katasha are coming now to explain to you our new local ministry strategy. We have been working on this strategy um, for months. Last week, we talked to you about the work that we've done in the assessment team, and now we're gonna talk to you about how this assessment work is actually gonna take shape in our church life. Now, I wanna say real quick before Robbie and Katasha share, last week we outlined the four strategic communities that our church building is at the crossroads of. I recognize that many of you live in these communities and also some of you do not live in these communities. We all, as the people of God, are the aroma of Christ no matter what community you live, work, and play in. all right. And they're gonna speak to you about the first prong of our strategy, which is personal ministry. And please know that's for you regardless of the community. But as we get into some of the opportunity for some of the other pieces of the strategy, please know as we talk about those strategic communities, One of the things that our church commissioned us to do, you commissioned us to do this, was to identify how we as a church can not only help you to know how to serve as ambassadors of Christ, but how we as a church can be a part of planting other gospel churches in the city of Memphis. We are a city church, and we look at Uptown and Mud Island and South Main Downtown and Midtown, and we think, who could be better positioned to plant other gospel churches than our church? And our church is on a mission to see churches planted out of our church into some of these strategic communities. So as you think about church-wide ministry this morning, and we talk about those four communities again, even if you do not live, work, or play in those communities, you are helping to, as a member of this church, helping us toward a vision of getting churches planted in these strategic communities. And that is meaningful. So I want you to, to hear everything, not only through the lens of your personal ministry, but also through some of the strategic work that we as a church are called to do. Robbie and Katasha, I want to say again, thank y'all for your leadership in this. Can y'all give them a round of applause and the assessment team? Thank you so much. Love you guys. Thanks so much Barrett,
2: uh, excited to be back with y'all again today. We're really pumped about where we're going. It's really funny, we had a conversation in the lobby a little bit ago uh, with one of our church members that we'll be sharing this morning and they said, uh, I uh, was talking with somebody who was here last Sunday and they were like, man, it was so good. It was like, It was really helpful, but I was like, pumped up almost. And I was like, what do, what do I do about this? Like, what do I do about this uh, call that God has given me to be an ambassador of the gospel of Christ? What I, what I, how do I move? How do I take next steps? And if that's you, that is awesome because we're going to be talking about that this morning. So I feel really pumped up about it. You feel pumped? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's look back really quick, because I want to remind us of our purpose, our definition of local ministry as a church, where we steward this, this purpose of the local church together. So local ministry, God's grace brings salvation and restoration to our lives, and it moves us to extend His gospel and grace towards others. Simply put, and we say this all the time, we bring help and hope to our community. Turn to your neighbor really quick, look him in the eyes, and say, we bring help and hope to the community, OK? Do that really quick. We bring hope and hope to the <laughs> OK. Well, if that wasn't awkward enough, it's going to get weirder, I promise, as we go along. So just strap in. I want to remind you, I want to remind you that we talked a little bit last week about rhythms of being and doing in the gospel. And I want to look back really quick. If you remember that we are called to Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, we talked about this, we're called to Christ and we're given in him a ministry of reconciliation. We see that in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21, which we looked uh, back at last week. And Barrett just talked about about it I think so beautifully there in 2 Corinthians 2 14 we see the call and the reminder that we are the fragrance of Christ in our community this is an amazing invitation from the Lord simply put just like what Barrett said we share the gospel with our lives and with our lips we share the gospel with our lips and with our life you could uh, juxtapose it like this with what we talked about about help and hope, that we bring help and hope into our community. We bring help and hope with our lips and with our life. How do we do this, right? Practically, how do we do this? Where are we going together in this? And so we're going to talk today. Uh, there's going to be we're going to get through a lot of content together because I really want We have just such a desire for every member of the church, every member of this local congregation to feel and own their responsibility to steward bringing help and hope into our community. And so we're going we're gonna to talk, kind of try to outline this strategy for you. Uh, we're going to make it really practical in the end and give you some resources around it. And you can track along with us too with uh, some of the visual language if you're a visual person on the sheet that you were handed uh, when you came in this morning. I think it'll be a helpful outline for you. If you think about how do we minister, okay? So what does it look like to be a minister of reconciliation? What does it look like to be the fragrance of Christ in our community? We as a church believe that there are three ways that we minister. There are three ways that we minister. And the first is we have, and we steward personal local ministry. Personal local ministry, what does that mean? It means we empower individual members to use their gifts, to use their talents and abilities to live on mission within the city where they live, where they work, and where they play. That is what it means to live out personal, local ministry. We as a church have a personal, local ministry. Using your life, using your lips to make Christ known. Now, we talked about this in in, uh, rhythms of being and doing, right? Um, And and first, I just want to pause on the reality of being because this is this is something that has to come out of who we are. And so maybe Katasha, could you just talk to us about that a little bit again, just drawing on what we talked about last week, but really uh, understanding what does it look like to live out personal local ministry, just in my being and who I am?
0: Yeah, um, I love, there's an illustration I love to describe this. If you think about a tree that um, grows, and maybe it's growing Granny Smith apples, green apples, right? Hang with me. So if I were to have a tree, and I wanted those apples today, and I just went and taped fruit to this tree, everybody would know those were fake apples, right? (laughs) (laughs) That didn't really grow from that tree. So when we are rooted and grounded in Christ, naturally, He's the one who produces fruit out from us. Uh, It's not something that we have to put on or force or do. And he strategically placed each one of us where we are to figure out how those things will go in our our lives. Like that definition before of your talents, skills, abilities, all those things are on purpose and they matter to the Lord. And he wants to help you leverage that in your daily life.
2: I love that illustration so much. I think about that passage that we talked about last week from Acts 17, 28. In Him, we live, we move, we have our being. We are a holistic people, right? Mm -hmm. Local ministry is not a program. It's not activity that we do. It actually comes out of the essence of who we are. We are people who have been reconciled and given a ministry of reconciliation. So we want to talk about... Doing, we're going to shift from being to doing, and we want to look at three ways that we live out personal local ministry. So the first way is where I live, where I live. Psalm 37 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. That was a verse that we kind of drew on. I know just kind of uh, maybe you could talk about for a moment, just drilling down into what does that really mean to live out personal local ministry where we live?
0: Yeah, I think the word dwell in this uh, verse is really important. We literally live here. Most of the the year, most of us are where we are. We're located in in Memphis, greater Memphis, whatever. And sometimes the dwelling is a little bit monotonous, right? You go to the grocery store, you maybe go work out somewhere, you go to work, you come home. All those things in those rhythms as you're living your life out The Lord is calling us to be faithful and be a witness for Him right here.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. The second one we want to talk about is where I work. So Mm -hmm. where I live and where I work. We see in Colossians 3.23, the Word says, whatever you do, work Mm -hmm. heartily, ask for the Lord and not just for men, not for men. Talk to us about that for a little bit. What does that look like to live out personal local ministry where we work?
0: Yeah, so... Kind of a quick story. I used to work at Starbucks and Super Target, and the one that doesn't exist anymore, it's a self storage place now, so it kind of wipes all those four and a half years <laughs> off the map. But anyway, um, I worked there, but that was my mission field. I was constantly leaning in, asking people questions, following up with them about their lives, just creating space to be with people. And I think that's part of what he's calling us to do wherever we are is to be intentional about the people that we work with, um, ask them questions, see how their life is. And like Barrett so eloquently said, like that aroma, that's part of who we are just by being there. So MLGW, if you're a doctor, if you work at Starbucks, no matter where you work, those are all people who can be your mission field.
2: That's awesome, awesome. And the third is where I play. So where I live, where I work, and where I play, First mm-hmm. Corinthians ten thirty one says. So whatever, or so whether you eat. Sorry, I left my glasses in Guatemala, and so I'm up here. I'm flying blind, literally, in uh, in a lot of different ways. First Corinthians ten thirty-one says, so whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. <laughs> this is funny that this is like included. I mean, I get where I live, I get where I work, but why is where I play included in how I live out personal local ministry? It's
0: a good question. It matters because it matters to God. God created us to delight in his creation. And so there are super there are certain things that Each of us enjoys doing, but as Christians, sometimes we can feel guilty, right, for enjoying ourselves. (laughs) And really, so long as you're doing that thing to the glory of God, you can enjoy this life. And there are people even there that He'll place around you. So um, this can look lots of different ways, but we can talk about that if you want to workshop it later or talk about your testimonies.
2: I love that. Yeah. We'll have some (laughs) testimonies here in just a second. But what we really wanted to represent as a church is that, uh, there's not a dichotomizing these different sections of our life, right? Mm -hmm. We're not a believer in this. And as I participate in ICC's local ministry program, I'm fulfilling, bringing help and hope to the community. No, there's a first and foremost, we wanted to start and pause there. We wanna feel that stewardship we talked about last week, that ambassadorship that we've been given from Christ. We wanna feel what it looks like to be the fragrance of Christ in our community. And we do that personally, where we live, where we work, and where we play. I wanna invite two of our members up uh, that are gonna be sharing with us a little bit this morning, I think to maybe put some meat on the bone, make it really practical for you in their own life of how they have lived out personal local ministry. And so I wanna invite Mary Kay Schulte and Andrew Paget up, uh, join us this morning and uh, to share with us a little bit more about uh, local ministry. Welcome, welcome, y'all give them a hand. Yeah, thanks for sharing this for me. Awesome, awesome, so maybe Andrew you're on you're on the ICC staffs now, which is so fun. I'm so yeah, shout out there. I'm so thankful. But you weren't always. You were once a normal person. You know, it's hilarious to think about it that way. Uh, you would, yeah, it was a week ago. But uh, I uh, I know in in your life um, far more than being on staff. But I'll, I'll just be honest. One of the reasons that we felt so joyful and excited that God would call you. Two Staff, is I, I know in your life, in your life where you live, in your neighborhood, and also I think specifically about where you used to work, <laughs> um, uniquely the ministries that God gave you, um, that personal stewardship of a personal local ministry. And just wondered if you'd talk to us a little bit this morning about what that looked like and what that does look like continuing for you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um. <clears throat> I think for, like we we're talking about like practical ways and practical advice, um, for me like living intentionally at work and at home uh, looks like starting with prayer. And um, I think at work, um, y'all, y'all referenced uh, the Bible verse that I would like pray every day, um, which is like to work heartily for the Lord. Mm. And, um, and then I, I would also like, I would just like coming into work, like sitting in my car and praying before I go into work, uh, to work, to like pray for that prayer, to work hardly for the Lord, but also, um, for Matthew 5, uh, 13, which Pastor Barrett referenced this morning also, um, which is the, the prayer just, to be the salt and the light of that day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I would also... Pray, like, Lord, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Like, how are you working in these people today? Uh, working at FedEx, I was at FedEx Office, which is a very public space. We would see so many people a day. And I would get the opportunity to speak, like, truth and life to customers that I'll never see again. But then also there's this idea of, like, relational evangelism with my coworkers who need mm-hmm. to know the Lord. I see every single day. And um, it was a sweet season of working at FedEx, and praise God that it continued. And, like, um, already I'm getting to, like, the, re- the harvest of relational um, evangelism with my coworkers and doing things with them outside of
2: work now and in a different way. I love that. Yeah, thank you so much. What what about in your neighborhood? I know that some of you and Taylor y'all just moved into a new neighborhood and are passionate about cultivating community for the sake of the gospel there. What does that look like? Absolutely.
3: Um, First, I want to talk about where we lived. We lived in an apartment first. And so uh, relational evangelism in an apartment is really kind of a little bit easier than living in a home, to be honest with you. Um, There is, you're a lot tighter community. When you walk out, our old apartment, we'd open the door and we'd be looking at our neighbors sitting outside, like, smoking or just hanging out. And, um, so, like, it's a lot easier to talk to them. Like, it's, like, you open your door and they're, like, 10 feet away from you. (laughs) And (laughs) it's, like, all the way across the street, we've got our neighbors that we want to, like, know and want them to know the Lord. Um, practical things for that is, um start planting things in your yard, and start being available in space. Um, But then, like, um, tying prayer back into that, um, I think a really important thing to do as you're seeking to live relationally with your um, neighbors and share the gospel with your neighbors is surrendering your day off to the Lord and saying, like, God, I've got plans for this day but I'm willing to like lay down any plans that I have for what you have today. And um, I think if you do that, um, like the Lord blesses you. I know, I know from personal experience, the Lord will bless you Um, and being able to get some things done yourself. But I've prayed that many times and my neighbor happened to be off that day too. And like, or I'd see him out in the yard or maybe evening time, whenever he got off work, I could get to go over and and be with Mm. him and, we're super blessed with neighbors that are, um, very outgoing and they like to do things in their yard. It's a little bit harder whenever your neighbors are more recluse and, or don't do things in the yard, but there's an opportunity to do, um, like inviting them over for dinner, or things like that, in more personal settings than just hanging out in the front yard.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm so thankful. Let me, can I ask you one follow-up question really quick? I think it's just, um, I know in this new neighborhood where you are cultivating faithfulness, building relationships with neighbors, what does y'all's prayer life look like praying that you would see that kind of fruit? and Could you give any encouragement to us as to like, how to begin praying for our neighbors as a part of our stewardship of our own personal local ministry? Yeah. Um,
3: I think for us, like, our, our prayer life looks like um, praying for opportunities um, just to be a friend to our neighbors. Um, I think, like, like, we shouldn't, like, view our neighbors as some sort of, like, project. Mm. But, like, instead, like, wanting to be a friend. Like, I I know that my neighbor doesn't, he's not involved in a lot of people's lives. Like, him and his wife. And that's that's it. And so, like, um, praying for opportunities to be a friend to them and uh, praying for opportunities to help them in their time of need, like Um, are two um, practical ways that we pray for them. Pray that they know the Lord. um, Pray for opportunities um, to share the Lord with them. And um, praying for opportunities to be vulnerable with them. Hmm. Vulnerability is um, huge. And um, I think another way that I practically um, pray for them is I I pray for us to have like... Um, like I said before, eyes to see and ears to hear, praying for space and availability to just be home. Which the Lord answered that prayer in some ways of working here. Like I now can be home in the evening time when they're home,
2: and um, so yeah. So thankful, so thankful. Thanks for sharing, Andrew. I, uh, you talked about vulnerability. Uh, and what you're just sharing and how that's uh, such a unique opportunity for the gospel. And I know that's a huge part of your testimony, Mary Kay, um, as to how the Lord has used vulnerability in your life to steward personal local ministry where you live. Will you tell us a little bit about
4: that? Sure. Is this on? It's on, (laughs) good. Yes, I, um, whoops. And first for vulnerability, you have to be uh, intentional with your own heart. And I just wanted to share that I have a personal mission statement, and it is out of Isaiah 61. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And you have to know that's true, that God's spirit really is living in you and wants to work through you. And because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captive <clears throat> and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our God. And that is why, because God has called me, but, also, but mainly because he empowers me, I can do these things and see God's work and fruit. So I just wanted to share, I'm a three-time cancer survivor, and that's part of the reason my voice is so crazy. Sorry about that. (laughs) But it's just the way it is. And um, the day before my first diagnosis, or the night before, God gave me a dream. And it was a dream of my house, and everything was familiar except for a door that I'd never seen before. I opened the door, and Jesus and I walked in, and it was a huge room dark, cold, and kind of ugly. And Jesus kind of went to every place, and he said, open the window blinds, paint the room, bring my hot, white love to the fireplace, because this is where you're gonna be, and invite people in. The next day, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, it was after the doctor said, oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry. You know, this doesn't look like it, da, da, da. They told me that over and over. But God had different plans. And in my treatment, I was very needy. I had little kids, four, second grade, third grade. Um, I got to the point where I couldn't walk across the room. My four-year-old I couldn't take care of by myself. God brought people into my house (laughs) and there they were sitting in my living room looking at me like, don't die, (laughs) which is, if you're a cancer survivor, that's that's common because people are confronted with their own mortality when they're with someone who is dealing with that. And I had opportunity to share Jesus. He also, the night before, and this was before the diagnosis, gave me. uh, No, there we go. I'm okay. (laughs) Um, Some verses, Second Corinthians four. We've been in Second Corinthians. It says, "For all things are for your sake. So the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore." we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And this, this was the verse, God's going, this is for your sake, but it's also for the gospel. And when I have Rick's office, my husband's back there. I can't see him, but he's back there. Um, his office came to help us. And most of those people were not believers and they were looking at me, don't die. And yes, we'll do your laundry, which was amazing. But I had opportunity to tell them what God had shown me, that this was a time for love, even though it's in the midst of crisis. And it was not fun, it was not easy, but God wanted to use it now. He didn't want me to learn the lessons afterwards. He wants to to work in our crisis. And as a personal ministry, I had God had allowed me and taken me and accepted me as a minister. And that was where I was at the time. And so I've had three different diagnoses. I've been in and out of hospitals. I've met a lot of people that way. Uh, and actually started a prayer neighbor, with some other ladies, started a prayer support group um, with for cancer patients. And I've done that in different venues in different ways. And not not as a full blown out. God showed me I couldn't follow, follow up people. I wanted to follow up people. But I didn't have the strength or the ability. But he would use what I could say today to have confidence to glorify God, to talk about gratitude in the midst of crisis. And that has been amazingly good. Um, and even when I was in desperate need, people were coming in get, bringing food for my kids, doing the laundry, uh, cleaning the house and I was had opportunity to talk to them and people it always amazed me i don't have good memory because chemo has wiped out a lot of my memory uh, even from those times but People that later come back and say, You know, you told me this and it changed my life. And I just go, That's God. (laughs) That's not me, because I don't even remember talking to him. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to encourage you to not wait to see God's work in your life, in the crisis and the hard things, and, you know, even in the emotional, the loneliness, the literal pain, the emotional pain. God wants to work today.
0: Amen. It's like, what do you say after that, right? (laughs) But, but, no, I love, this is the, the beauty of our God, is that no matter where we are, whether we're in the highest of high state we've ever been on, got that promotion at work, blink, like you're just walking on clouds, or whether you're in the depths of despair, He desires to use you where you are. But I also love that you said, what you said about being needy that is not what we like to do. Yeah. We want to have it all together, all of our bases covered. We don't want to ask anyone for anything. But sometimes in that very thing, that reaching out, he opens up a door, a ministry or an a door of opportunity. There we go. He opens up a door of opportunity. So I really just appreciate you sharing a snapshot of your story um, this morning, and same with Andrew, know that these are, they're church members, so like they'll be around. So if you want to hear more, this is just the beginning. You want to hear more, there will be more stories to tell. You can just find them. They'd love to talk with you about it, pray with you about it, and help you figure out what that looks like in your life.
2: Yeah, and I, and I just say to you that, I know both these people, love both of them. Mm-hmm. They're just normal people. They're yeah. not superheroes. They've just chosen <laughs> I mean, I really hear your stories and I'm like, I want to be more like you, Mary Kay. (laughs) Like I want to be more personally, like I want to be more like you, Andrew. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. the invitation that that we can give around our stewardship of personal local ministry is they've just been willing to truly live out with their lips and with their life, like the gospel, like the Mm -hmm. opportunity to be an ambassador for Christ where they live, where they work and where they play. And um, I just appreciate your surrender. I appreciate like your witness to Christ working through you. And so thank you for sharing with us this morning. Thank y'all. Let's give him a hand. So we're going to move now from personal local ministry, which is one of the three ways that we minister as a church. We bring help and hope. We're going to move from personal local ministry, and we're going to talk for a little bit about group local ministry. So group local ministry, just is kind of simple snapshot, is a local ministry group, is a group of established and or new friends that choose to live on mission together in the city by serving regularly together. Groups are committed to grow in gospel faithfulness and effectiveness. They enjoy uh, enc- you know, encouraging one another, uh, equipping, and accountability as they serve together. So it's essentially like, man, plus one. You're a group. You're living this out together. You get the opportunity to do ministry with other members of the body. It really calls into what we spoke about last week when we talked about that collective identity yeah. and responsibility. you want to remind us of that for a minute and kind of just that call and invitation is to do ministry in groups?
0: Yeah, so we all have that personal aspect, but then together, it's like the individual you're individually Christ, but then when we come together as a church, we are one body and we have one witness. Um, But the way that this manifests itself can be through specific causes, through uh, a smaller group, maybe it's your community group, but I love that it says new friends because sometimes you come as individuals together and you're united around something and then all of a sudden it opens up community in that way. And so, um, yeah, it's just a a way that we gather together to strategically reach out to the city.
2: That's awesome. So as we live out group local ministry, we see three different types of groups in the life of the church that we want to lift up and invite you to consider how you could be a part of a local ministry group. Mm -hmm. The first is a partner group. And a partner group is a group organized by a passionate leader to serve in regular rhythms with one of our committed partners Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit more in just a moment, what partnership looks like in the city with different organizations. But the first type of group is a partner group. The second type of group is a neighborhood group, a neighborhood group. And a neighborhood group is a community group that seeks to serve the neighborhood in which they meet by providing a monthly neighborhood gathering. So this is an opportunity to work together with people uh, that you live around in a particular community uh, and to collaborate together on specific opportunities to build community in your neighborhood, do service projects in your neighborhood, but ultimately the opportunity to build relationships with neighbors and have gospel opportunity with them. The third type of group is a cause group. So there's partner groups, there's neighborhood groups, and there's cause groups. As God, we've recognized as God brings together uh, people with unique passions for ministry that they can form groups to begin serving uh, with a specific community emphasis. So as we look out at the city, there's a lot of different opportunities to meet specific needs in the city. So you might think about uh, the the reality and the brokenness of homelessness or uh, issues with literacy in our city, uh, particular uh, needs for mentoring. Uh, There's opportunities to... uh, go into some of our, tell tell us about some of the ways that, what are the causes that we've seen people get involved in in this last season?
0: Yeah, um, I think, I'm trying to think. I like the ones that you highlighted because they're the most immediate, but I was thinking one of the things about these two, about cause and about neighborhood, we, since do, completing the assessment, it gives us this like insight into each community and the things that we'll raise out of that. So some of these things we know concretely, some of them have yet to be discovered in these different communities. And so um, I think that this area is an area of growth for us and it's an area of opportunity. So we're just pretty open about that.
2: That's awesome, yeah. I, I, so I want us to think about beginning, we're building a framework today, understanding our strategy as a church, for local ministry, we have personal local ministry, we have groups local ministry. Mm -hmm. We see the opportunity to be equipped and to move towards uh, different opportunities in the city through partner groups, neighborhood groups, and cause group. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what makes a group. Like, what are the distinctives around what it? What does it mean to be a, a group of people? Is it just like me and you can just uh, we just hang out and maybe we grab one other person and we just start going to do something? Is that what it means to to be a group at ICC doing ministry?
0: Not exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things we just want to make sure that it is led by members, is birth in the heart of members, because we recognize God has drawn you here for specific time for a specific purpose. And so we want to affirm what He's doing in your life. But also shepherd supported. We want to make sure that you're not just out there on your own having to figure out things. We want to provide coaching. We want to pray for you, help support you. And so that's why we want to just be a part. That's part of what a church does and what a leadership team does. And then just connected to the church. So if you go out and you're doing these things like from us, you're a part of us, and so we just want to make sure that the rest of the church has the opportunity to hear about the great things that God is doing all around the city, and He wants to do those things, and so I think having this sort of support, that will help you, whoever the leader might be, to continue, uh, to not grow weary to have more volunteers, to have the support that you need, the encouragement, prayer, things like that. So we just want you to still be connected um, because we're a part of one another. That's our obligation to one another.
2: Absolutely. And I know any, I'd encourage you, uh, any of our current group's leaders uh, would really testify to the discipleship that they've received from Katasha. I just want to commend her on that. We really have a heart to uh, equip leaders who are passionate about Uh, our partners, about their neighborhood, and about specific causes. We really want to equip you to know how to lead and how to bring people around you uh, to see that kind of group ministry happen in those atmospheres. And we know that it takes these three unique distinctives. Uh, We know that good and healthy ministry, local ministry groups uh, come when they're connected to the church, uh, when they're supported by a shepherd, by a leader, and when they're led by members. Mm -hmm. And so I feel super excited about that because this is, a, this is a new thing for us. This is a really new distinction for us as a church to be able to recognize the types of group local ministry and even offer a lot of, uh, I feel like, new avenues yeah. for people to begin building and forming groups uh, to meeting needs in the city. And so you might be asking like, how do I do that? So I'm willing to steward my personal local ministry. What, what does it look like for me to get connected to a group? We're going to talk about that more in just a, in just a little bit, but it's going to look very similar to our discipleship strategy. Who's doing community groups here at, at ICC? Anybody? Yeah, I'm not calling you out if you don't raise your hand, I promise, I was just curious. But if you went through our process of connecting with a community group, you know that the process looked like a, a kind of two opportunities. One was to f- find a group or say, hey, I, I'm new here, I need help connecting to a group, I need help uh, creating community, uh, getting connected to a group of people that will walk with me and provide that. The second opportunity was to form a group, was to step forward and say, hey, I will be the one to help facilitate and create community for some people, whether they're people I already have relationships with or they're new people in the life of the church that are looking to find a group we are taking the same approach and strategy within local ministry groups and so we want you to step forward if this something god is speaking to you we really want you to be involved and find ways to be involved in group local ministry and you can do that either by finding and connecting to an already established group or by yourself by forming a group and we'll talk more about that process in just a few minutes i want to talk to you really quickly about church relationships. And so we, we've done a lot of work here to try to understand how does our church relate to the community, right? What are our current partnerships in the community?
0: Yeah, currently we partner with um, the Glen Mary Retirement Home and we partner with, Saint, uh, with Target House via St. Jude. It's a place for um, parents and families who are, whose children are experiencing pediatric cancer. Um, And we were partnering with MAM, Memphis Athletic Ministries, at the Greenlaw Gym, but they recently closed, so those are our current
2: That's awesome. And we've had other partnerships in the past. One of the things that we're seeing opportunity for is really qualify the types of relationships that we as a church have in the community. So before maybe where we only had three distinct opportunities for regular service or local ministry in the life of the church, we're really trying to open up additional avenues and opportunity for you to live out in local ministry, live out groups, local ministry, and even serving individually in some of these opportunities. So the first, type of relationship that we have as a church is a committed partnership committed partnership. And I'm going to take us through uh, just really quickly what each one of these uh, different things that I'm representing uh, mean, our relationships in the community. So a committed partnership is established through leaders and members. It's approved by church leaders. It's overseen by a team leader, and it's supported by members and regular attenders. People are showing up to serve. So it's connected to the church. It's approved by the church, and it is supported by the members and attenders of the church. It's characterized by gospel access. We really Talk to us about that for a minute. We really, uh, how how do we determine, yeah, what we wanted to qualify these committed partnerships and the opportunity there with them?
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things we spoke on a little bit last week about the distinctives between us as just like Christians and people who um, like to volunteer and serve for good causes throughout the city. In the same way, we want our most, um, our committed partnerships to be people, or entities where we have access, we can share the gospel and they're open to that. They're not gonna be hostile to that. When I think about the Mary, I think of like the most consistent open door that we've had of gospel opportunity for the past 12 years. Um, and I, by having that access, we know that people will come and know the Lord, but also we're a church. So we wanna just be a conduit of his, of his blessing in that way. And I also think about the mutual benefit. Sometimes there are partnerships we can enter into where it's just one-sided, where we're giving everything and our people are getting burnt out too. But we wanna make it so that it matches up and we really are like-minded and both of us can benefit from that. And one of the, the last thing is just that regular open communication. We want to make sure that if you go to partner and to serve somewhere, that you're not getting unanswered phone calls forever. Or you're not like, well, I went and it was locked, or they closed, or different things like that. We want to make it as easy as possible for all of us to be able to take part in that. And so that was, those were some of the things that we, when we evaluated what our partnerships would look like, we thought, these are some things that we want to make make a little bit easier for our members. That's
2: great. That's great. And church uh, partnerships are utilized for regular service opportunities of the members of the church, as well as church-wide giving and special projects. So we are committed to both show up, to connect, to support the mission of our partners, Mm -hmm. and also to have gospel opportunities. And we're also committed with our wallet that we want to put resources behind this uh, to really solidify that partnership and the regular serving opportunities. So that's super cool. So our first type of church relationship of the three types of church relationships are committed partnerships. I also think with committed partnerships, they're a great place to start. If you're looking for an opportunity to take a step in local ministry, to just do something. You're hearing last Sunday, you're hearing this Sunday, and you want to you take a step to do something. I really think a rhythm of, you know, in a minute we'll talk about finding your group, but connecting to one of these partnerships uh, these committed partnerships, I think is a great place to start. The second type of church relationship is a goodwill connection. Tell us a little bit about the vision of this. This is like a new new type of a thing for yeah, us.
0: So when we think about goodwill connections, think about the all the good and the different opportunities to serve within the city. And it's something that we wanted to do to allow more inroads into serving and in ways for you to get involved, but not necessarily having all those criteria for the committed partnership. It frees us up to be able to partner with entities that aren't necessarily Christian in nature, but they're doing good and they're impacting causes that we know we see, and we couldn't meet those needs on our own. So we've decided to um, have these different connections throughout the city where we can do the legwork for you, have a list of partnerships that we've, or people that we've talked to, who are open to us and welcoming to us. And they're vetted, if you will.
2: That's great. And, and I really want to invite you all into the opportunity. If you know organizations in the city that would be good for us to connect to as a church, that are doing good work in the community and their work is not antithetical to the spread of the gospel, please represent that to us. Let us vet them. Let us see if there's opportunity to put that on our list of, uh, uh, of church relationships. Uh, in our goodwill connections. Uh, They're characterized by a vetted list of organizations. We will take care of initial contact uh, with that organization and work on building relationship there with the leaders. Uh, We really think this is important because before, we only had maybe three or four points of access as a, as a church into service opportunities, that as we've grown as a church, we want to create lots of, point of points of access. Uh, we think that that's really important in, in our continued movement as a church strategically to, to kind of free us up. We know we will have many committed partnerships. We also want to have many goodwill connections that provide opportunities for new partnerships to even be formed, new committed mm-hmm. partnerships we believe will come out of those goodwill connections as members are serving, as you're getting connected to them, as you're finding opportunity with those great organizations in the city. So the first uh, type of church relationship, committed partnerships. The second, goodwill connections. And the third are community care grants. And this is really simple. You want to tell us a little bit about community care grants?
0: Yeah. Community care grants will be like a one-time gift to any Organization that we see has a particular need at a certain time or something that we recognize as a need and we want to support what they're doing, but we don't necessarily... We don't have the capacity to commit to ongoing full-time care. And so in the life of the church, these things come up from time to time. You know, um, there are different ministries that we'll see they have a need for an ent- or a person from that organization, they come and they may, may just need a one-time, it's like a high five, just a one-time uh, blessing and encouragement financially and, and we're willing to do that.
2: That's awesome, that is awesome. Well, I wanna invite up uh, to the stage, uh, Sarah Jenkins and Hannah Wagner, and they're gonna share, I think, again, bring some- yeah, yeah, give it up. Wow, let's raise the roof there, kind of a, a thing. Uh, but they're gonna share with us For them what it has looked like uh to live out group local ministry so you want to start hannah you want to tell us a little
5: bit about that for you thank you very much hi i'm hannah um so when i moved to memphis one of the things that i told myself moving here because i'm from here originally moved away came back One of the things I told myself was I'm going to find a way to get involved to serve people outside of my church because I was doing a lot of things in my church, which is great and also needed, um, but really felt the need to be serving people outside of myself. So when I started coming to ICC, we had a fall trunk retreat. So fun, good timing. It was like a year ago exactly. Um, so we got to do that. I kind of got involved that way. And so being able to serve at the Glenmary Retirement Center, it's like five minutes down the road, which is super convenient. Um, but we kind of have, they've had a foot in the door there for like 12 years, I think. Um, and so that showed. So when we showed up, they're like, oh yeah, Pastor Barrett's your friend, right? And I'm like, yeah, I met him once. Yeah, I love that guy, um, which was so fun. And so it just kind of, we already had this relationship that was built, which is I think one of the like... Pros of a committed partnership through the church. Um, So the legwork was kind of already done for us. So I just kind of came in and got to like build these relationships with them. Um, We do trivia nights with them this Tuesday trivia night 6 p.m. Hope everyone in this room will be here.
4: That's great. Um,
5: But we do that. We bring them to church two Sundays a month now, which is super fun. They asked us to do it, which was cool. Um, They felt comfortable to do that and wanted to be here with all of us, which was great. Um, And then we do a Bible study as well on a Tuesday night, another time in the month. Um, but yeah, and one of the stories I kind of wanted to share, um, recently I've like built relationships with some of these people and the Lord has just been moving between all of us, I think. Um, and they had invited me to a prayer breakfast at a church down the street on Thomas, um, which was really fun. I've never been there. So I was like, yeah, like I would love to. And it was two ladies that live at the Glen Mary that invited me. So I would show up, I was just hanging out, like just a friend. Um, and one of the ladies had had a really hard week. Miss Barbara, she's got a lot of health issues. And so she was really having a hard time with her vision this week. Um, and she was supposed to be getting up and sharing all these things. And so she, we were like sitting at the table together and I just kind of saw the dread set in of like, she could not read what she was supposed to be saying. And so, uh, we were kind of sitting there and I was like, kind of talking her, like kind of talking through her nerves a little bit. And I was like, well, do you want me to write it for you? Like, I can do that. Like, that's not a problem. I can write, I kind of write big anyway. It looks like an animal wrote it. Um, and she was like, that would be incredible so I because I was able to write um, I wrote down what she was supposed to read and she got up and read it and she got up to like say what she was supposed to say she read this thing and then the spirit took over it was like it was very physical to just see like she was not prepared to say everything that she said but the spirit just moved through her and we like we've talked about it since then she was good with me sharing the story because I think it was one of those ways that like I showed up I was a friend I was sitting there and I happened to know how to write and that's the Lord used that Um, and so I just think he uses us in like very minimal ways sometimes and that's great and so i knew how to write and i showed up so and one of the things miss mary was telling me about this morning is like just the importance of like us being faithful and being available and that's pretty much all it is <laughs> and they're just like kind of saying yes to coming and just like being their friend and sitting beside them and elbowing them when something funny happens so yeah i'm
2: so thankful yeah. thankful for the ministry that god has given you there and your leadership now uh In that ministry. This is really special. Hannah, if she's speaking to one of our committed partnerships, right, uh, I think Sarah has had a different journey to local ministry in the life of the church and really initiating group local ministry uh, through really a goodwill connection. So will you just take us back to how that happened for you?
6: of the homeless around me, or the people that are experiencing homelessness. Um, So when I came to Memphis, um, noticed there were a lot around us. And so I wanted to do something, but like didn't really know how to get started. And so I like came to Katasha, I was like, hey, (laughs) Um, what do y'all have going on? Um, And so then that's kind of how I got started. Um, She told me about different places in Memphis, because they are are a lot of organizations that, like, already do things here. Um, And so started, like, exploring that to see um, what was out there. And there's a really cool um, organization. It sounds, like, really fancy, but it's, like, very chill and small. Um, Organization called Urban Bicycle Food Ministry, Um, like, three minutes from us, um, that delivers food on bicycles on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Um, and like, it started by a kid that went to, well, I say kid, I'm like, whatever. Anyway, um, a guy that went to Memphis, um, who like saw the need around him and like started making burritos and got a backpack and filled them up, um, and rode bikes and gave out food. And so now like that ministry has lived for like 10 years, um, after him, he's not there anymore. Never met him. Um, but now it's run by a like dad and his daughter. And so they're there every week. Um, like they show up all the time and because of that, like they've built all these relationships. They know like everyone (laughs) like on main street, like by name, they know like who's going to need extra food to give to their friend down the road. Like they just, um, have those relationships established. And so it's been really cool to just ride with them, um, and get to know people, um, and like Hannah said, like, just show up. And like, I think at first I was kind of overwhelmed by like the need there is. Like homelessness just feels like a very big issue. Um, but like just showing up is like the starting point. Um, and just like taking those little steps of obedience. Um, and so it's, it's been really cool to, hmm. to be out there and meet people
2: i'm so thankful really cool and i I just appreciate your heart and your choice both of y'all i think your choice to say hey how can i be involved through my local church and your choice uh sarah to say hey how can my local church help connect me to the right places and even opportunities to be a part of uh, meeting this particular need that god has put on my heart this season and um, i'm just super super thankful for y'all i think as we're thinking about uh groups Uh, local ministry. I think there's so much opportunity to see groups as a a real access point for you to serving in the life of the city. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we really encourage you to connecting with one of these women or to uh, forming a group or or finding a group in the season ahead. So I'm grateful for y'all. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. Awesome. Well, we are going to talk just briefly about the third and final way that we minister as a church and local ministry. And so we're going to talk about church-wide local ministry. And Katasha, would you tell us a little bit about the vision for what church-wide local ministry, right? We've got personal, we've got groups. What is church-wide local ministry about?
0: Yeah, so churchwide is when we come together to do something really beautiful for the city as a form of outreach, also to help others know that we're here and that we want to be involved with the community. It's when we come together to have one collective witness to the community. Um, and we do this a couple different times a year through different vehicles, Um, but it's when we like the idea of Christians going out having seed, the gospel is the seed, and we are just sowing this to whoever will listen, to whoever is there, as broad of a net as we can sort of spread out, and so that's kind of what we think when we think of church-wide local ministry. That's
2: awesome. What are some of the types of events and different things like that that maybe fall into this category that we do as a church?
0: So raise your hand if you were here yesterday for our Fall Fest. Can you give these people a hand? (laughs) It was really amazing. So we had everyone, um, our staff came together, collaborated. All of you came, you volunteered, you dressed up, all these different things. We hosted different people from those different communities here in our church. Building uh, for a fall fest and this is something that we could not do if there were only one of us or even only two of us It was something we had to do collectively together to make happen Another one is like that the st. Jude marathon that we have coming up in December. It's always the first Saturday in December, and many of you are even running in the St. Jude Marathon, and so when you are, we will give you a donut if you pass by <laughs> our church, and we'll have music playing, and we'll try and pep you up and help you keep going, and there are different events with, this, with the Shelby County School System that we work with. We do high puddles and encourage kids for the TCAP and different things like that, and we also have different community prayer walks, which we initiated to begin our assessment process, but we're still continuing to do to have a minute in these different communities.
2: So with church-wide local ministry, there's events and there's also learning. We're really excited through our our discipleship ministry to be able to help facilitate uh, with Katasha's leadership opportunities for workshops and classes that will help equip us as a church to be more effective as we lead out in local ministry. So church-wide, it's not just about events, it's also about learning. We want you to be involved in learning and growing and acquiring new skills that will help you steward better personal local ministry, group local ministry, and church-wide local ministry. I want to go ahead and invite Julie Kerrigan, who was actually on our local ministry assessment uh, team. She wasn't sitting up here last week. She helped us in so many different ways uh, put together the assessment booklet that you received last week and that resource in the life of our church. Yeah, come on. Shout out. Shout out, Julie. But uh, yeah, we, we thought there's nobody better that could share a little bit about some of the new things that are coming in church-wide local ministry in the life of our church.
7: Sure. Um, so church-wide projects, um, I think, are a great way for people to get involved if you're not really sure what you're passionate about, um, and maybe you're not super passionate about Memphis in general. Maybe you're not planning on staying here. And, you know, we've all been called to grow where we're planted. When I started at ICC, I was like, I don't really know what that looks like. <laughs> so I started coming to church-wide events like the St. June Marathon, and let me tell you, donut's really great when you're running. <laughs> But I think it's a great way to get plugged in. But it's also one of the things that we found were really important um, during our local ministry assessment to say, we care about the things that our community cares about. That's really important um, because the community doesn't care about what we care about. They're not involved in church, they're not, you know, they don't care about God. And so they don't want to hear what we have to say until they know that we care about them. Mm -hmm. And so the community cares about these things. Um, you know, a family may feel really uncomfortable coming to church for the first time, you know, and going to children's church and the parents coming in here, but they'll come to a fall fest mm-hmm. where their kids can dress up and it's just a happy place. And they're like, oh, maybe this this isn't such a bad thing. Um, so it's a really great way to get into the community and be seen by the community and to be a part.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that. Would you share a little bit about, I mean, you've shared in this vision too, Katasha, but about, uh, something that you were a part of in the assessment process that we also see living on in the life of the church moving forward, which is uh, intentional ministry of prayer in our neighborhoods.
7: Sure. Um, The first time Katasha said we're going to do prayer walks, I was like, it's a little odd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of had this vision of us like walking down the middle of the street with our hands raised. And I was really uncomfortable with that. I'm going to be honest. Um, And Katasha laughed at me. But that is absolutely <laughs> not what we did. Um, but I really ended up loving the prayer walks. So it's um, two or three people going out together and intentionally praying for a neighborhood or a street. And you know just being really observant about what's around them and like, you know, I'm gonna pray for this house right here. Like, I don't know what's going on in their life. I don't know anything about these people, but I can pray for them and I can pray for God to give me opportunities in this space. And I think um, there's a closeness that comes from walking and praying with somebody. When you're praying with somebody for a specific thing, it brings unity. Yeah, yeah,
2: I'm so thankful for that and the opportunity that we've seen come out of that and even the fruitfulness that God is already bringing uh, in our different communities from that ministry of prayer. And so thanks so much, Julie. I really appreciate you. Thanks for sharing briefly about that uh, <laughs> and the vision for Church Bible <laughs> <nation>. so <clears throat> So when you think about church-wide local ministry, what we want you to think about as you hear about these opportunities is, oh, they're talking to me, like, I, it's true, I'm, oh, I'm a part of ICC, like, I, I'm, this is my church, this is church-wide, yeah, oh, this is great. So we're gonna, we're really excited to be bringing more of these big impact, these broad sowing opportunities into the life of the church on a regular basis. And so feel super pumped for that. I wanna take us really quick to a landing spot together. And so I want you to either get your phone out if you have the ICC app or to scan that little QR code on your, uh, the page that we gave you when you came in, if you don't. And I want you to open up that app and I want you to go, you're gonna open it up and you're gonna scroll down and I want you to click or tap Click, I'm so old school. Click, tap local ministry here, OK? And you're going to see a lot of opportunities to learn more about what's going on in local ministry at see None more important than that very top big bulletin. I want you to tap that, discover local ministry, OK? Discover local ministry. Here, you're going to be able to find a group or form a group. If you were, your heart was being stirred towards local ministry today, not just stewarding your own personal local ministry, but being a part of serving with the body together, you can find a group there. You can fill out some information, let us know about things that you're interested in. And that will put you in touch with Katasha. She will help you either get connected with a committed partnership or a goodwill connection here in the city. And so you can reach out that way. You can also go ahead and fill out, form a group. If you know an opportunity, or you wanna help begin building a community of people who serve together, you can uh, tap form a group, and we will get you resourced, connected to the church, shepherd-supported, And ready to go, ready to get to work uh, serving in local ministry. In local ministry, we bring help and hope to our community. This is a a vision that God has given to our church of something for each and every one of us to steward. And we do that in three ways. We do that with our personal local ministry. We do that in groups local ministry. And we do that with church-wide local ministry. I want to lead us into a time of response and prayer prayer. Out of this morning, just drawing our attention back to that passage that Barrett read to us at the beginning, 2 Corinthians 14. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in a triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance and the knowledge of him everywhere. This is the invitation to us this morning. We've shown you how. shown you how you can walk in this in three different ways in the life of this church. The invitation is Will you surrender to the Lord to be that fragrance? I wanna invite our worship team up. I wanna invite our prayer volunteers down. I wanna invite us uh, to stand and we're gonna respond in singing this morning. But I wanna invite you into a moment. Go ahead and stand, come on. I wanna invite you into a moment just with the Lord of doing some business with him, of talking with him, of coming out of last week where you were reminded and challenged as an ambassador of Christ, You may have had that question, how do I live out my ambassadorship? We've given you the roadmap now. I just want you to put your yes on the table before the Lord. Ask Him to speak to you. Ask Him to give you opportunities personally, to give you opportunities to plug into groups and to give you opportunities to connect in church-wide local ministry. Just tell the Lord that your yes is on the table and ask Him to speak to you with clarity as to what He's calling you to do. In this next season ahead, that we may be a vehicle as a church of God's help and God's hope coming into this city as we share the gospel with our lips and with our life. Let's pray. Let's worship together.
0: Thanks again for listening to this Bible teaching from Island Community Church. We want to encourage you to join us for worship in person soon. No podcast can replace God's good design of gathering with other believers in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church, visit us at iccmemphis.com. We offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13.